recently is this, is this phrase, Thanksgiving 1975. If we had my family together and, and somebody, somebody just said Thanksgiving 1975, everybody in my family would know what they're talking about. Thanksgiving 1975 was a, was a deeply difficult time for my family. I was nine years old. Dad had just decided to sell the farm. It was going bankrupt. He was losing his business. That which provided for his family, he didn't even have enough money. He couldn't, he couldn't sell. We had, we had a, a bumper crop of rutabagas. <laughs> That's what everybody wants. We had rutabagas that were as big as my head. I don't know why they grew that big. We could only get four rutabagas in the box at a time. And, and, and that's all Dad had to sell all winter long. Who wants rutabagas? That many rutabagas. Ick. We didn't even want them. But that's what we had. Anyway, so he decided to sell the farm. He planned for an auction the next spring, selling everything that we could have to get the farm out of debt. And it was a difficult holiday season for us. Just as a nine-year-old, I wasn't that concerned about it, but I was aware of what was happening. For my 16-year-old oldest sister, though, she was very aware that we're not going to have any money for Christmas this year. And we liked to give gifts to, to one another. We have an aunt, had an aunt, uh, Aunt Shirley, was a photographer. She had, she had a studio in her house that was next door to my grandmother's house, and so when we went to Thanksgiving dinner at my grandmother's house, all of us kids, four of us kids, had sneaked uh, a change of clothes into the car. So after the family, uh, the, you know, the family gathering, we had Thanksgiving dinner. We went out to the car, got our clothes. We sneaked over to my aunt's house, changed our clothes. We went out into the woods, which was which was kind of the the the, the, the unique thing that my aunt did for her business was to she didn't she had an okay studio in. In, in her house, but her, her, she was most known for taking people out into the woods, and the, the, her, the farm was her studio that she did. So we went out into the woods, and Aunt Shirley took some pictures of the four of us children, and that became our Christmas gift for Mom and Dad. And it was a total surprise to Mom and Dad. And in that difficult time, that was a beautiful gift to Mom and Dad that said to Mom and Dad, we're going to be okay because we are a family and we'll always be together. Thanksgiving 1975 was a trigger word. This phrase, I am with you, is a trigger word for Paul. And it needs to be a trigger word for you too. Let's look, let's look why. Why is this a trigger word for Paul? Let's go to the Old Testament. And in the book of Genesis, we read the story of, of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the whole family that is now the nation of Israel. And we see that in, when Isaac had grown up, Abraham had died, Isaac had sheep, cattle, Land. He was living in the land that, that we now know is the promised land that is now Israel, the, 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 the nation of Israel. Isaac was there, but it wasn't yet a nation of Israel. It had been promised to uh, Isaac as such. And Isaac knew that, but he, he, he amassed great wealth, so much wealth that the other neighbors around him didn't like him. 
And he would, he, would, he, he would take his flocks to the wells that his father Abraham had dug and, and, and water his flocks with them. And then he'd go to greener pastures in this area. And there was another well that his father... And, and, and Isaac was wealthy. But the other, the, the other uh, shepherds and, and, and nations in the area didn't like them because he was so big, and so they would fill in their, the wells that Isaac and that Abraham had dug. Finally, the, the, the ruler around that area said, you're too big for us, you're too much trouble, you've got to get out. And so they got kicked out of the land. And this is, this is what it says in Genesis chapter 26, verse 23. Listen, it's not going to be on the screen. It says, from there... Isaac moved to Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. Now, now, now get this. There are many times in our lives when God is calling us to do something and we're sitting back waiting for God to provide the means for it. And God is, God is waiting for us to take that step of faith and get there first before we see God providing for us. That's faith. So Isaac moved anyway. I don't know where you want me to go, God, but I can't stay here. So, on the night of his arrival, God appeared and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid. Why should I not be afraid, God? And God says, for I am with you. And I will bless you. I will multiply your descendants and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. So then Isaac built an altar there and worshipped the Lord. He set up his camp at that place and his servants dug another well. Get on with the business. Get on with what God has called you to do. God will provide the way and God will provide the means. I, for I am with you. A few chapters later in the book of Genesis, now we're talking about Isaac's son, Jacob. And you remember the story of Jacob and Esau, right? Jacob stole his elder brother's birthright, tricked his father to think, and so his father, Isaac, gave the, the blessing to, to Jacob instead of Esau. Esau was furious. And promised to kill Jacob. So, Rebecca, their mother, says, Jacob, you can't get killed. You've got to start running. So, Jacob starts running that way. And he, away, and he runs, and he runs, and he runs. And, and, and if you, you read the Scriptures, you can hear, almost hear Esau's breath at Jacob's neck. At least that's what Jacob thinks. And he doesn't stop running until he can't run anymore. And exhausted, his body falls to the ground. (laughs) Falls to the ground. And the story says he had a rock for a pillow. Have you ever camped and chosen to have a rock for a pillow? No, I would rather gather a lump of dirt (laughs) or, or, or a clump of leaves. And if the only thing I got is a rock, I'm I'm not very comfortable. But he was out. 
cold. And while Jacob was out cold that night, he had a vision. We call it Jacob's Ladder. Some of us remember that little song we sang in Sunday school. I am climbing Jacob's Ladder. Whatever. And, And so this is the story of Jacob's Ladder. But that night, God came to him. And this is what God says to him. At the top of that stairway or ladder, what the, the, the Hebrew word here really means gateway. This is an opening. Sorry, what did I say? Oh, a chapter, thank you. Uh, chapter 28, verse 13. You're welcome. Genesis, chapter 28, verse 13. And it says, At the top of the stairway, at the top of the gateway, at the top of the ladder stood the Lord, and He said, I am am the Lord, the God of your father, your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and the east, to the north and the south, and all the families of earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. And what is more, I am with you. And I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving everything I have promised to you. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised. And then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And... I was not even aware of it. God is with us. Now, I planned to preach on this passage months ago. I'm not making a political statement in any way. I'm proclaiming God's promise. We have yet to see God fulfill all of His promises, which He will do. And we trust that and we're waiting for that. But these are trigger words for the Apostle Paul in Corinth. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. And he's remembering Isaac. He's remembering Jacob. And I'm sure he also remembers Jesus. One more verse from Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Jesus, in His resurrected body, came to His disciples and says to them, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go, make disciples, make students, teach people about me, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples, followers of me, to obey all the commands I have given to you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Trigger words. Let them be trigger words for you. God is with us. Do not be afraid. Speak out the truth of God, the faith through Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus tells us. No one comes to the Father except through me. Kevin Martin was a minister at a massive church. It was one of those churches where 
where, uh, the, where, where it gets too burdensome sometimes for a pastor. The administrative machine ate him up. And his world became black with depression. And at one point, he was so depressed, so crushed, that he hastily, quickly wrote a letter to his board, immediately resigning from his office as pastor. And then he wrote a letter to his wife and to his children, saying that they would never see him again. Kevin got in his car, drove to Newfoundland, Canada. Nobody knew where he was. He got a job as a logger. It was wintertime. He was housed in a small metal trailer heated by a small metal heater. And one night it was 20 degrees below zero. That little heater stopped working. In a rage, Kevin went over to the heater, picked it up, and with both hands he threw it out the window. (laughs) And then he realized what a stupid thing that was. He threw himself on the ground in frustration and started pounding the floor of his small metal trailer. You know what makes stories powerful for us is when, is when they connect with our own experiences. And I remember a time and times in my own life when I would get so frustrated with life and with God that I felt no other options. Kevin got to that point, and I'm sure you have points like that too. So Kevin threw himself on the ground, started pounding the floor of his small metal trailer. And as he pounded the floor, he screamed out to God, I hate you. I hate you. Get out of my life. I am done with this Christian game. It is over. And he curled up into a fetal position. Kevin talks about that and writes, I couldn't even cry. I was so exhausted. But as I laid there, I began to hear somebody crying. I began to hear somebody's sobbing, heaving breaths. But they weren't mine. And in that, instead, in that dark moment of my faith, I heard Jesus crying. I heard Christ heaving on the cross. And in that moment, I realized that His heaving, His crying, His blood was for me. For me, who was the one who abandoned Him. The reckless wanderer. The blasphemer of God. And then I heard words rise up all around me. And this is what I heard. Kevin. I am with you. I am for you. You will get through this. I promise you. I don't know where you are in your life today, but God's saying, I am with you. My question is, are you with God? Come to God through faith in Jesus. Acknowledge your need of Christ in your life. Confess your sin. Say, God, I'm sorry I've turned away from you. I'm sorry I've doubted you. I'm sorry I'm going the wrong way. I'm sorry I've said no to you for so many times in my life. 
but I need you. Say to me, God, let me hear you say, God, I am with you. I am with you. Let's pray together before we go today and the team comes back and leads us through this song. I invite you to come here to the platform. To, 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 to if God's asking you to do something that you have rejected and you've said, God, I'm not going to do that. Maybe today is the day when you decide, God, I will follow you. And you come forward and you just, you just make a commitment to God and let your body make that commitment also. We don't know what God's doing in your life, but, but, but you do. And you, you, can, you can do that with your body and say, God, let my action be part of my commitment to do as you teach me to do. Maybe God, you're, you're, maybe you're, you're not. Uh, you don't know Jesus that way. You've rejected Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. Today's a day when you can receive Him, accept Him, believe Him, let Him come into your life and guide you in every way. Let's stand together as we pray and as we sing. Dear Heavenly Father, whether we're online watching, whether we're in the room whether we're watching this, this recording afterwards, come into the lives of every one of us so that we can respond to you and hear you say to us, do not be afraid. Speak up. Because I am with you always. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
your presence to fill our lives every single day. Wherever we are, whatever we do, whatever we're thinking, whatever we're planning, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be at the center of what we do every day of our lives. Thank you, Lord, for that spirit that's here today with us. And we pray that that spirit would go with us, encouraging us and strengthening us, guiding us and directing our steps. We pray this today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. The altar is still open for prayer. If you want to come, there's still folks at the prayer station that will pray with you online. You can still uh, meet with someone to pray for several more minutes. God bless you. Have a great week.